Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the ProWrestling.net All Access Daily Podcast for Friday, February 17, 2017. I am Jason Powell. Coming up after the break for non-members, my full review of TNA Impact Wrestling Television. Before we get into my full review of Impact, I do want to give you a heads up that it's uh, kind of the official, unofficial TNA Day, as far as uh, ProWrestling.net audio is concerned. Obviously, this is the TNA Impact Wrestling Review. Also, John Moore and I are getting together today to do the annual TNA roster evaluation. The plan is to do it this morning, probably around the time you guys are hearing this, and we'll have that up uh, if all goes according to plan this afternoon. Uh, What we do is we run through each and every name on the roster. Normally, we kind of talk about where we think the company has them slotted with TNA, Creative shakeup, you know, the things that Dave Logano left, and uh, there's uh, new people coming in. We'll talk about all of that. Uh, so it's going to be more of uh, what where we think people should stand as much as anything. I'll have some tidbits on different things I've heard as well. But uh, it's always a, a fun show. People really seem to enjoy the roster evaluations that we do for all of the major companies. Uh, we kind of held off on TNA. We were going to hold off until creative kind of uh, the shakeup took place, and then here we are late in these tapings, and you know by the time we kind of get a feel for what the new creative team is going to do, it's going to be sometime this summer, and so we figured, uh, you know what, let's get to it. And so I'm looking forward to getting together with John and taking care of that business. Uh, that Again, that'll be available exclusively to .NET members on the ad-free version of ProWrestling.net. And, uh, hey, if, you're a, if you use our mobile website, the mobile version of the website, it's never been easier to sign up. So if you've uh, clicked on it before and you're like, eh, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's not very handy. i got to increase the screen size, all of that. It, it's been improved. You should be able to sign right up with ease now. Uh, but membership rates start as uh, low as $750 per month. Uh, but if you want to save even more money, you can uh, take advantage of the six-month or annual option. The annual option is going to bring the price down two bucks a month to an average of five dollars and fifty cents per month. That's what you pay when you go annual with ProWrestling.net. Uh, again, the, the sign-up page is at, at ProWrestling.net. Just uh, click right on on the uh, main page, and you'll see the sign-up area. Get right in there. Three different pricing options available, and you will hear the TNA roster evaluation. Uh, we also did uh, the roster evaluation for Ring of Honor in December and I don't remember the month, but it was late in the year that Will Pruitt and I got together for the WWE roster evaluation. I don't remember if that was two or three parts, but uh, we get, we definitely go into great detail, and we will be doing the same today. So jump on this while you can, folks. But uh, as far as TNA Impact Wrestling is concerned, i got to start by telling you that uh, if you're new to the show by any chance or anything like that, I want to kind of preface it up front. No, I'm not a TNA hater. <laughs> it seems like anytime you criticize TNA, you hear from somebody who accuses you of that. 
I'm not. Praise them. I know you guys don't, and I'm saying this because I know you guys don't always hear my full reviews here on the all-access side. Uh, last year, I, I found myself really enjoying the TNA product. I thought it was a much improved product. I, I liked the creative approach. I liked the creative direction. It wasn't a flawless product by any means, but I thought it was their most consistently uh, most consistent year from a creative standpoint. I, I, I just thought things really improved. And Then you had the fun, of course, of the Hardys and all of that, and I just thought it was a good year for TNA by and large creatively. There's all the drama going on behind the scenes and all of that. Uh, this, however, I tell you, if, if, there, if we didn't know that the creative shakeup had already been taking place, I think I would have watched this show and I would have been calling for a creative change. This was terrible. This was uh, the most low-rent edition of TNA that I think I can even recall in, in the company's history. And I go back with them to like the Nashville Fairgrounds, the pay-per-view days. Maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I don't know because I mean, the fairground days, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the, the technology wasn't there, it wasn't HD, well, quite frankly, neither is my feed of Pop TV because I have direct TV, why it's not in HD and everything else is, I still have no idea, but, you know, I don't blame TNA for that, uh, but the point is, you know, it, the fairground days, yeah, technology wasn't there, and, and, and it was it was a low-budget look, and, but it was almost endearing. This is TNA doing a bunch of wacky backstage nonsense. They're, they're filming all these different things, and it's like just get to the damn ring it was so bad these backstage segments they were doing the these outside the studio segment they're just brutal terrible segments bad skits it was just a night filled with comedy skits and then they try to close by making you think that well josh uh, josh barnett is showing up the uf's former ufc champion and we're supposed to all of a sudden go Ooh, lashley and, and and josh barnett now now, now this is real or, I mean, not that they're even trying to say it, that it's real compared to everything else, but I, it's hard for me to go from these just terrible backstage skits into, oh, here comes a shoot fighter. Lashley's an MMA guy. I, it's just, it, it was, it's not just that. It's hard for me to suspend my disbelief watching then the main event of the show, which was the no DQ match between Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards. Everything it just ruined everything for me. I just was not impressed by this show, as you can tell. Let's work our way through it. I'll tell you why. Uh, they they did give us a recap of last week, and they were hyping the Hardys uh, facing uh, Super Crazy and Psychosis from uh, the, the show in Tijuana, uh, and then uh, we got a video ca- uh, video package that recapped uh, Davy Richards costing Eddie Edwards his uh, title shot against Lashley last week, and then uh, the broadcast team Josh Matthews and the Pope D'Angelo De Niro. When, there's a, when, when a woman's involved in the match, though, they have Josh's wife, Madison Rain, sit in on commentary with them. And that was the case for the opening match uh, because it was uh, the team of Brandy Rhodes and Moose defeating Rosemary and Crazy Steve in 545. Brandy, extremely green. Makes Moose look like he's uh, just, you know, polished perfection in comparison. She threw some terrible chops. She threw a horrible clothesline. And then the movie you would think would be toughest to execute, a missile drop kick. Yeah, she did pretty well in that one. But, I mean, hey, it's, you know, she's clearly in the ring before she should be, but uh, a likable personality. And and the funny thing is, is we can sit here and pick apart her in-ring work. Fans seem to like her. (laughs) You know, they're cheering her on before, during, and after the match. So she has that going for her. Uh, But um, what I didn't like about it, I mean, as I mentioned in my live review at at ProWrestling.net, it's not even, I just kind of accept the Brandy thing for what it is. Doesn't mean we're not going to have some fun along the way with it. But I can't believe Rosemary, the new Knockouts champion, is just being 
put into this position. It's credibility killing. It's There's a sense of danger with her. Decay as a group kind of lost it, I think, a while ago, but she still had it. And they're taking that away by just having her take the you know, horrible chops and bad clotheslines from Brandy. I, I don't know why they chose Rosemary for this. I, I mean, and, and Decay. I mean, why couldn't this be somebody else who has nothing going on? Why couldn't Brandy and Moose be feuding with another? Just pick a woman and a man. I mean, I, I don't really understand why they why they chose Decay for this, but. I guess we'll have to see, but yeah, it just, uh, Moose handled the bulk of the work, and it was not pretty when uh, Brandy was in there. Uh, Eddie Edwards told the backstage camera that he wasn't there to talk. Uh, he was taping up his wrists, and he was uh, searching for Davey Richards after what happened last week. They went to a commercial. Uh, when they came back, we got a recap of the opening match, and then uh, Moose and Brandy were shown celebrating their win backstage. She likes to call herself Mini Moose. I don't know why, uh, but uh, Moose told her she did great. Sure. Uh, and then uh, she thanked him, and he said that uh, uh, she had his number and could call if anyone messes with her because he'll have her back, that sort of a thing. So they're buddies. You know, they're, it's, uh, they're not teasing any romance there yet. It'll be interesting to see whenever Cody returns how he reacts to this. Matthews recapped the Lashley and Edwards match from last week, and uh, that was the one that had Davey Richards and Angelina Love turning on Eddie and his wife, Alicia. And then Eddie Edwards came to the ring. Remember how he said he wasn't there to talk? Well, he came to the ring for a promo. <laughs> um, now, granted, it didn't last long, but I did laugh when he comes out and he grabs a microphone. You're like, boy, you gave up your search for Davy Richard pretty quickly. I don't think the studio is that big behind the scenes. Uh, but he said his uh, best friend and partner turned his back on him, and he said Richards even attacked his wife, and that's a line that should never be crossed. And he uh, called for Eddie or for Davy to come out and uh, take his ass whipping like a man. Uh, well, okay, real quick. If you're all worked up and uh, somebody has wronged you and, and worse that worse than that, they've wronged your partner, they've wronged your wife in his case, you're really going to like, I don't know, put on a hat, kind of cock it to the side and try to look cool? I, I wouldn't. Uh, Angelina Love walked out and said that uh, Edwards uh, gets Davy when she says he gets Davy. And she asked what he was so mad about. She asked where Edwards was when Davy tore his ACL. While, while defending the tag team titles with him. And uh, she said that you know he tore the ACL when she was nine months pregnant. And then she claimed that Eddie didn't call or even text her husband. And uh, it, I'm like, okay, where's the rebuttal? Um, we're going to hear a rebuttal tonight, right? We're going to hear Eddie. Doesn't even have to be here, but at some point he's going to tell us that, oh, yeah, you know, she's lying. I did. I, you know, she can say what she wants, but I, I, I did. I called him every day or you know, something like that. Because right now, he just looks like the ass. Like, well, yeah, the heels have a point. What, what kind of a dick are you? Nice friend. You didn't even bother to pick up the phone and call your injured tag team partner, especially when his wife's nine months pregnant? What an ass. But yeah, no rebuttal. Davey came out, put his arm around his wife. Angelina started to talk. Edwards told her to uh, give Davey his balls back out of her purse. And uh, Richards then took the mic and said that Eddie was a nobody until he carried him. And Richards said he created the wolves. Uh, Richards told Edwards to leave or he would come to the ring and expose you for the little bitch that you are. Uh, and then Edwards uh, ran to ringside and fought with Davey. Security ran out, pulled him apart. Edwards did get free, and he uh, rolled in the ring with the mic and uh, said it's not over, it's just the beginning, and he challenged Richards to a street fight for later in the show. I don't know why it wouldn't have just been a street fight right here and there. I don't even know if he said that, but it was kind of indicated that that was com probably coming up later, I think is what it was. Um, I mean, you know, decent intensity here. I, the approach they took, it, it was okay of having, you know, I mean, I get Eddie there looking. 
I almost felt like we needed to hear that first big promo from Angelina and Davey in the ring together, like it was their time. Not like they were called out and then they came out to speak. I just I wanted to hear more from them and maybe find a reason why Eddie's tied up at that time. Uh, you know, something. And he can come out at the end and confront them or something. Uh, but yeah, I just... Uh, I wanted to hear a little bit more of an explanation, especially from Davey, and it, it, it it's okay. You know, I was hoping that Eddie's, as, as bad as Eddie's TNA title reign was, not from an in-ring standpoint, but just from, this guy shouldn't be the champion kind of a feel that I think most people seem to have. Um, I, I was hoping that was going to make elevate Kim so that when they did this feud, it was going to feel bigger. And I guess it probably does than just, well, the Wolves split up but not as much as I was hoping for. Um, the kind of, you know, night one following the split, I, I mean, I'd get, I guess I'd give it like a C, you know, C plus at, at best. And again, some of it is what's happening around it that's just taking you completely out of the mood. Uh, from there, we went to footage from last night, as they labeled it, of the Braxton Sutter bachelor party that Mike Bennett was throwing for him. Uh, Bennett claimed to, uh, he invited all of Sutter's best friends. Sutter said he didn't even know anyone who was there. And Bennett said that uh, that wasn't important. And then he pointed to a guy named Kenny and kind of indicated that he was the drug dealer. He could get him anything he wanted. And then he pointed to some like some older dude and then claimed he was only 28 and said he spent too much time in the sun. And then uh, Bennett called for the bachelor party to begin. So the idea here is that Braxton is marrying Laurel Van Ness next week. Not because he wants... Well, first he was blackmailed into going out on dates with her because Maria has something that she's holding on, that she told him about, uh, something involving Allie, that apparently, you know, Sutter's willing to, to bend over backwards to protect Allie. But he was even trying to break up with Laurel last week, but he dropped something and got down on one knee, and then she acted like he had proposed and ran off all happy before he could tell her no, he, he wasn't proposing. Why he hasn't told her no since then, I have no idea. But it, it's... Uh, and, and I can forgive a little bit of, I mean, I do have, I, I'm not a everything's got to happen in the ring, wrestling, wrestling, and nothing but wrestling, so I help you God kind of a guy. I, I, I don't mind some backstage silliness once in a while. But it, it's, give me a little bit of logic, you know? Um, and, and there really isn't any here. There, there's uh, too many things missing. It's just, uh, it's pretty wonky. Uh, they went to a commercial break, and when they came back, then we went to footage of uh, Matt and Jeff walking through the concourse of the building in Tijuana. Remember from last week, uh, they were teleported to Tijuana, Mexico by Vanguard One. Uh, they were asking to speak to the promoter, and they headed into the arena and uh, walked onto the stage, got big cheers there, and then they headed backstage and approached a guy wearing a mask. Well, he took off the mask. He must not be a uh, luchador. said his name was Ryan, and he speaks English. And Matt asked if he was a tag champion, and uh, the man ended up directing him to the promoter. And uh, Jeff actually said, uh, Jeff said, gracias, and uh, then Ryan said, hey, speak English, guys. Okay. Uh, Conan, I, I guess it was supposed to be funny. It just really wasn't. Conan told a fan to, uh, um, I, I think it, well, he told a man, I should say. I don't think it was a fan. To make bootleg stuff of the Hardys uh, so that they could quit, start selling it as quickly as they could. And then we went to uh, uh, Matthews hyping the Laurel Van Ness and Braxton Sutter wedding for next week. Uh, they went to footage from Laurel's bachelorette party, I guess is what this was. And this was also from the night before. 
Allie had uh, decorated the room was the idea, and Maria, of course, it wasn't up to her specifications, and Van Ness and Sienna were with uh, Maria. Uh, Maria said it looked like a child's party and informed Allie that Laurel was marrying Braxton Sutter next week, and so Allie pouted about that. I would hope the idea is that she was just reinforcing it, like taunting her with it. Not that Allie didn't know. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wouldn't Allie watch the show? I mean, how does she not know? I I don't get it. Uh, Second match was uh, Kingston. Losing to Jesse Goddard's in 4 minutes and 20 seconds, and you know why he lost? Because the DCC suck, and they always lose unless they have a numbers advantage. Uh, and then the lights go out after the match, and out come the other two DCC members, James Storm and Bram. They were uh, not at ringside for the match, so that's why Jesse won. I, I really didn't think Jesse was going to win. I thought they were going to try to give Kingston a little uh, little something. No, he, he lost. Uh, lost clean. And then, uh, but yeah, they come out, the lights go out, and all of a sudden those two are in the ring. But Goddard's had uh, already retreated to the stage. So DCC can't win unless there's a numbers advantage. And now the three of them were outsmarted by one, probably fair to say, mid to undercard level babyface. What a faction. Yuck. At a bachelor party, uh, the stone guy, uh, the, the, the drug dealer guy, tried to give Sutter drugs or something. I don't know what it the, I think that's what the idea was. Sutter didn't want any. He wanted to leave, but he said he. Uh, oh, and, but Mike Bennett said you haven't seen the, uh, the 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 other guy. Was it Kenny? I don't know the the, the older guy. Uh, you haven't seen his Simon Diamond impersonation. And then Bennett got the guys to start chanting, "Ben the Hen," and then an overweight guy named apparently Ben the Hen climbed up like was it a ladder or something? I don't remember what he climbed up, but then he splashed onto the drug dealer. And everybody seemed worried about this. None of this was funny. I wasn't... I just... Oh, and the impersonation was just him grabbing his chin like Simon Diamond used to back in his wrestling days. Weird. Tyrus uh, sat at the Fact of Life desk and said he would be hosting a special edition of the talk show after the break. Well, there's a hook. When they came back, we got a little bit of hype for the latest one-night-only series pay-per-view because, yeah, after watching this show... That's how I want to spend my weekend. I need to go pay money now to see a TNA one-night-only pay-per-view that doesn't matter. Uh, At the bachelorette party, Maria yelled uh, at an overzealous alley that nobody cares about her stupid decorations. And then Sienna held up a bottle of uh, something. I think it was champagne, probably wine, maybe. And she asked, can we open this yet? Uh, And then, uh, again, what was funny about this? I mean, Maria is good at coming off bitchy and mean, 
And, you know, it's clearly the Mean Girls bit, and uh, Allie pouts well. And I, Allie's likable. I, I liked the Maria and Allie dynamic, but none of this worked. And everything about the bachelor party looked... I thought they were going to, like, go the classy route, and Bennett would take them to, like... They've used that pool setting, and so I didn't know if they were going to try to make it seem like Sutter was just uncomfortable being in that world. But no, they went to, like, I don't know, just some crappy room. And then for this, it was just like some backstage area that they don't that they did up in in party in, in with party decorations, and so it it all just looked bad. Uh, speaking of looking bad, Tyra set up the fact of life table, which I actually like. I do get a kick out of the fact of life set. I just don't like when they include the stupid sound effect, which they didn't this time. He introduced Eli Drake as his guest. Eli came out with his arm in a sling, and he took it out of the sling right away. And then he called all the fans cross-eyed mouth breathers. So remember, we've had all this time now that Eli Drake hasn't been talking. And then he just talks out of the blue. <laughs> like, So what was the point of all this? He, he went like Tyrus was doing all the talking for him. If you recall, this guy lost a match... And with it, he he lost the freedom to speak, was the idea, to EC3. Well, then he, he was so distraught by this initially, apparently he liked this or something, because, yeah, that was the gimmick there. Even after he, you know, the time had passed, it was like a 30-day thing or the end of the year, whatever it was. So he could have talked, but he just didn't. And it didn't lead to anything. Tyrus, uh... Uh, well, basically, Drake told Tyrus that he didn't clear it with him when he wanted to face the DCC in a handicap match that he had him involved in. And then he said he dropped the ball when he cashed in the briefcase for a match with EC3. Drake said he enjoyed beating him up with a baseball bat and running him out of TNA, but he should have picked a title. You don't say. Yeah, I, that one made no sense to me. I, okay, so you could have a title shot or you could face, eh, I don't know. EC3 said Tyrus should have been watching his back but he was too busy stuffing cheeseburgers in his fat mouth. And Drake said he's the guy who wrestles the main event, and Tyrus is the guy who watches them. That's how your career has been, and that's how it's going to be, he told him. And then Drake said that he owns the talk show set, and he even owns Tyrus. Well, Tyrus was willing to listen to all these uh, horrible things about stuffing cheeseburgers in his fat mouth and all this different stuff, but you don't say you own Tyrus. He got pissed, grabbed him by the throat, said nobody owns him, and then Tyrus said he would beat Drake in the ring. I'll see you next week, boss. I don't know why I just didn't beat him up right there. Uh, but Tyrus said, uh, or Matthews ended up announcing Drake against Tyrus for next week. I don't know how he would know this, but I don't know. Maybe the idea was that it was already signed, sealed, and delivered, I, I guess. In Tijuana, Mexico, Conan told the promoter that the Hardys wanted a tag title match, but they didn't want any money. And the promoter, who was uh, kind of down on the idea initially, well, he got all excited when he found out they didn't want to be paid. And then Conan confirmed with the Hardys uh, that they didn't want money. Matt said they didn't need their, you know, piddly pesos or something along, something like that. And because uh, they, they're there for gold, uh, they set up the tag title match. And we got a preview of uh, what was still to come as far as that match is concerned. Then they went back to the bachelorette party. <laughs> Maria asked Allie if she, so we go from a bad skit in Tijuana to a bad bachelor party skit with uh, Maria asking Allie if she bought Laurel a gift. She said she did all the decorating. Maria said she's stupid and she just forgot. Laurel opened up the gift for Maria, which was lingerie, and she said uh, that Braxton would love this. Apparently Sienna didn't get her anything either, or they just didn't air that. Uh, Maria informed Allie that she would be a ring bearer in the wedding next week. Cause what could go wrong when the, guy, when, the, uh, uh, when, the, when the groom is in love with the ring bearer? It's a wrestling wedding. 
So, of course, of course this is going to go horribly wrong for the... It'll go horribly right for the baby faces. Uh, but I uh, ended up telling her, wear something presentable and make sure it's not pink. Then, for some reason, they had an argument over what pink is. And she just so ha- it just so happened that the cupcake frosting was pink. And so she said, so is this. And then she, like, kind of... I, I think the idea was she was supposed to, like, smash it in her face. But she just kind of smeared cupcake frosting over her nose. And then Maria, Laurel, and Sienna left the room. And Allie pouted. Back to Tijuana for more skits there. Uh, Matt told Vanguard One to work out a strategic exit plan, and then the Hardys made their entrance while Jeff's obsolete song played. Uh, and then Vanguard One was backstage. He said he had to make a phone call. You can read like his lines on there. You know, they give him graphics. They give him uh, subtitles uh, because, well, he's a drone, and he doesn't have a freaking mouth. That's why. Footage aired of the Hardys against Super Crazy and Psychosis. No commentary. They also showed a group of female wrestling personalities entering the room with Vanguard One because he's a player. And uh, as uh, Vanguard One was partying with the ladies, Jeff hit a swanton bomb and scored the pin, and the uh, brothers ended up winning the promotion's tag team titles. And then Jeff sang uh, his song to the crowd, and they were singing obsolete back. And then uh, Conan told the man backstage they had to get the belts back. And they go to the room where Vanguard One had been partying with the ladies. Uh, He was gone, and so were the Hardys. And the man told Conan that they all disappeared. And then in the next shot, we saw Matt, Jeff, and Vanguard one at the Hardy compound. Matt had a premonition saying he would revert to his Egyptian roots and collect gold. And we got a teaser for next week. And they're going to try to become the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champions. And Matt was kind of wearing egyptian theme goods or gear uh, as far as like his uh, pre-match stuff. Um, okay. The... In an only in TNA moment, they had to digitize the face of the referee. I believe the referee was Marty Elias. It's a, he's a former WWE referee. I know uh, that whoever the person was, I think it was him, uh, they work for the Lucha Underground promotion. And because they are under contract to Lucha Underground, TNA legally couldn't show this referee's face. And so they had to digitize the face of the referee. They also digitized somebody at ringside. I don't know who that was, but yeah, they TNA had to digitize the face of the referee. Wow, ah uh, man, it uh, and then you know as far as some of this other stuff, I, I was actually looking forward to. I, I didn't know if they were going to show the whole match. I was kind of hoping they would. It's like, hey, you know, super crazy psychosis. It's been a long time since I've seen those guys. I, I don't watch. I don't keep up on lucha, uh, so I wasn't. You know, I'm not quite sure if they're as great as they once were where they stand today, but it was still like, hell, get us out of the impact zone. Let's see this match. They just showed highlight. You know, it was very weak. Like, the build for this, it made it seem like you are going to see a match, and instead you saw, I think, probably as much of Vanguard 1 uh, as you did the actual match. So that part was disappointing. Uh, and I just didn't find the... It was nice to see Conan on the show, but I just didn't find any of the, the Hardys backstage in Tijuana... Uh, Conan talking with the guy and the promoter. I didn't find any of that to be good. It was just like eh, more of you know, just on a show filled with bad skits. This felt like one of those bad skits. Uh, footage aired of Brooke discussing her feud with Sienna, uh, and, uh, the, and not with Sienna, but her feud with Sienna. She's not talking about it with her. Uh, but footage of both women uh, was shown, and then Brooke said that uh, she doesn't have respect for. Her. Said what happened is shit was censored, and now she's going to fix it. Everybody knows what happened to shit, now she's going to fix it. Uh, Brooke said it was time to shut up Maria once and for all. They went to a commercial, and when they came back, Brooke beat Sienna, who had Maria with her,
Beat her in six minutes. And yes, if you're keeping score at home, it, it continues. The streak of uh, me complaining about Brooke, who should be the girl next door, the athletic type. But in TNA, first thing she does when she comes out is turn around, bend over, and shake her ass. What a company, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she, uh, and now, hey, I mean, it's not a TNA thing because Lord knows Nikki Bella comes out and works the stripper pole. I don't care for that either. But I just think, you know, Brooke has that quality to her. There's a likable quality to her. She doesn't come off trashy. Why make her that way? It, it's, guys don't need, like, oh, she's bending over. I didn't notice she had an ass until now. It's just so trashy. Anyhow, late in the match, Maria climbed on the apron. Brooke grabbed her. Sienna charged. Brooke moved. Sienna shot, stopped short. Brooke charged at Sienna, who elbowed her. And then Sienna performed a couple of fallaway slams, set up for a power bomb, but Brooke slipped away very awkwardly and performed a schoolgirl roll-up for the win. Nothing good here. Um, Brooke still looks rusty, and uh, it, I think this was better than her, their, the last match. Uh, at the bachelor party, Sutter brought up all that had happened uh, and then uh, and then talked about a cleaner that came to get rid of Kenny, the guy who was, uh, who was squashed by Ben the Hen. And uh, Sutter wanted to leave. Why he didn't, I don't know. Bennett told him that it was time for the moment they'd all been waiting for. And then he gave a big build-up to a stripper named Roxy, who um, was not restaurant quality, as Jim Ross might say. She had a very gravelly voice. We later saw her with a cigar in her hand. And so, yeah, she. Uh, the idea was that she was so hideous that Bennett slammed the door on her, and they went to a commercial. Backstage, Eli Drake interrupted a cameraman. and in his con- There was a couple of cameramen talking about how crazy things were. And I guess the idea was that they were talking about Eli and Tyrus. How would you know on this damn show? Everything about this show is crazy and weird lately. Uh, but uh, then Drake just uh, showed up, took the camera, pointed at himself, and he talked about how uh, Tyrus put his hands on him this week, and next week he's going to put his hands on him. And he said that uh, the same thing that happened to EC3 is going to happen to Tyrus. And he would beat him uh, until he, yeah, he would beat him until his career is over. I think we're supposed to like Tyrus, I guess. Um, he hasn't really had that definitive babyface promo. Is this leading like some sort of EC3 and Tyrus reunion or something? Because if it is, it's not going to be some emotional moment for us, I assure you. Uh, ring announcer Jeremy Borash introduced Lashley. He was just boasting, basically. Uh, he loves to hurt people. He loves to fight. Lives to battle, all that. Doesn't care if it's wrestling or MMA. Not a person alive who can hang with him. And uh, that led all of this led to former UFC champion Josh Barnett making his entrance. Now, those of you who know that he is the color commentator for the uh, uh, New Japan World or New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access Television, uh, if you're wondering, no, he did not have his face digitized. They were able to show Josh Barnett. So at least there's that. Barnett took the mic and he said, "It's good to see you, Bob." And he said he's been in the corner for a lot of Lashley's wins. He wasn't going to take anything away from him as far as his ability goes, but. He's also disappointed in him. He said he uh, had to teach Lashley a lesson to bring him up to the level that he knows he is capable of so that he will be worthy of holding that belt. There's a, it, it's the TNA title. Uh, okay. Lashley told Barnett not to do what the idiot uh, past opponents have done by playing to the fans. Somebody needed to because when he came out, they, these fans did nothing. They just sat there. And why would I mean, it's like, John, I'm sorry if you're a pro wrestling fan. If you watch Access, you might know who he is. If you watch some Japanese wrestling, you might know. But there's not, you know, if they're thinking like, well, everyone knows him from UFC. Clearly, this crowd didn't. And that just, like, 
what this deal? Did they did they come up with this music and and his intro like what five seconds? This whole deal come together like five seconds before the taping started or something? Nice generic music. Everything about this was just cheesy. Uh, once he got in the ring, it was better. But I, I'm sorry, Josh Barnett. Just I I mean, it's gonna take him doing something in the ring looking like a badass. Uh, I know he's a legit badass. I get all of that. But it, it, it this just wasn't a good segment either. Lashley uh, ended up talking about... Uh, uh, well, Lashley said Barnett has been a top fighter for 20 years, and he just walked through Andre Arlovsky when they fought. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're establishing who he is through the promo. I give him credit for that. Uh, but Lashley said there are rules in MMA. There are no rules in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, there's plenty of them. Lashley uh, told him to take his ass backstage and have a seat. And then Barnett grabbed him and like, I think, I think he put him in, I think he touched his, I think Lashley reached out and touched Barnett at that point. And so Barnett reached up and just put him in an arm lock briefly. Lashley said they could fight if that's what he wanted. And Barnett said he's not afraid of anyone and has fought people all over the world. And Barnett told Lashley to put his title on the line and show the people what kind of a champion he actually is. Do it, the fans chanted. So yes, the fans did get into this by the end of it. Chanting, do hit, do hit. And Barnett told him not to punk out. Lashley said he will fight anyone, and it will be for the title. And it's still uh, going to be the same ass whooping. So Josh Barnett is getting a shot at the TNA Championship, and he's never wrestled a match in TNA. Would he be worthy of holding that title? How does that work? Uh, Coming out of a commercial, we went to the bachelor party, because why wouldn't we? Everyone other than Sutter was passed out, and thank goodness. It was like, God, is this finally ending? Well, the stripper that they'd already, like, closed the door on, she was there. She had a cigar in her mouth. She's passed out, too. Sutter uh, approaches Bennett, whispers something to him. Bennett starts mumbling, I don't want to wrestle, and you can't make me. And then Sutter ended up putting the stripper on top of Bennett and took a picture of them. And apparently, because uh, he used, he grabbed Bennett's phone, I think the idea is that he sent the photo to Maria. I'm sure Bennett's going to have a hard time talking his way out of this one. You know, with the cameras there documenting the whole thing. So stupid. Ah, Matthews hyped the wedding for next week, and then it was time for your main event. It was Davy Richards fighting Eddie Edwards in a street fight that ended in, like, a non-finish. I just went with the parent no contest in, like, 15 minutes. Richards could have won, but for some reason Angelina took out the referee. I don't know why they didn't want to have a finish here. really didn't make much sense to me. Because Richard, it was, keep in mind, no DQ and all that in a street fight. But uh, late in the match, Love ended up getting involved. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, she ended up uh, shoving the referee down. And so we had ref bump. And uh, then the ref never got back into it. And Davey ended up putting his foot over Eddie and standing there. for As Josh Matthews put it, a ceremonial pinfall. So, I mean, it was just a big brawl um, with uh, Richards kind of dominating early. Uh, and... Uh, uh, because he did so because Love came out and introduced her husband, who actually attacked Edwards from behind at that point. So Richards just kind of controlled things from the start, and, and Edwards finally you know, was able to battle his way back. One interesting thing here, uh, Matthews brought up in, in the uh, company's new partnership with Pro Wrestling Noah, and uh, the Pope D'Angelo De Niro said there was a lot more coming and told him to stay tuned, pal, or partner, whatever he called him. Matthews got upset by this and pressed him for more details. He said, I'm in the office every day. I haven't heard anything. All right. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, that was kind of uh, the only int- other interesting thing about this. But uh, Ed, Eddie's uh, wife did come running out at one after the match or late in the match because I guess the match never really ended. Is it, can you have a no contest? Or is it just going now until one of them pins the other? So whenever they have their next match, we'll just assume that. Oh, okay, so that person won that match and they won the street fight that never ended because you can't have a street fight just in a no contest, can you? Well, they did here. Okay, you had Love and Richards kissing in the ring, and then Richards uh, set up to hit Edwards with a chair. Out comes Eddie's wife, Alicia, and uh, she jumps on the back of Eddie or, uh, of Davey before he could use the chair. Love pulls her off. Uh, Edwards, uh, Alicia Edwards threw a couple of punches, but Love delivered a forearm shot that knocked her down. And Matthews did tell us that she's an aspiring knockout. Uh, Love pulled out the handcuffs and then cuffed Alicia to the bottom rope. And then Davey uh, handed the chair to Love, and Eddie crawled over and uh, covered his wife to shield her. Richards took the chair and just started jabbing it, jabbing it, jabbing it into uh, Eddie over and over again. And then Eddie rolled onto his back, and Richards just kept jabbing it and jabbing it. I think he actually slammed the chair on his back when he was covering his wife at one point, too. But, uh, and then Alicia, who was still handcuffed to the bottom rope, started asking why. Uh, not in annoying Nancy Kerrigan style, but uh, just asking why, and not very convincing either. Uh, I, I would have settled for annoying Nancy Kerrigan here, because uh, I, you know, if this was just like, well, it's Eddie's wife, she's not a wrestler, I, I'd probably bite my tongue, but she is a wrestler, and i got to say it, got to work on the facials, because she didn't look bothered half the time. She was handcuffed to the bottom rope, didn't look fearful, you know, didn't look emotional. And there were times when she did, but she just kind of snapped in and out of it. So she's going to have to work on that. Uh, but uh, Love ended up picking, placing the chair over the head of Eddie Edwards, and then Davey slammed another chair onto it, and then Love took out the referee. So at that point, he could have pinned him, could have won the match, one, two, three. But for some reason, Angelina decided now's the time to take out the referee. And then uh, Richard stood over Edwards with his foot on top of him, and uh, that's when Matthews called it the ceremonial victory. And then Eddie, uh, I, and then uh, Richards and Love ended up kissing while Matthews called them both sick. And Matthews called Richards a rotten son of a bitch to end the segment. And then we got another teaser for the Hardy Boys uh, for their independent match that will be shown next week. And that is how this show mercifully ended. Oh my God, was that a just what a train wreck? I mean, you know, like his final segment was okay, but after sitting through all the the low budget, low rent, just cheap ass, bad, horrible backstage skits that we saw. Oh, God, I was so happy when the show was over. I'll review another one of these shows soon, so those of you who are new to the show are going, boy, you're, are you this harsh on TNA all the time? If you, if you saw the show, then you're going to, hey, this is justified. Um, but if you didn't see the show, no, I'm really not. But uh, this, uh, wow, was this a bad episode. Like I said earlier, you know, if there wasn't for a creative shakeup, this is the type of show that would make me think, hey, they need a creative shakeup, but... We know one is happening, so, uh, but, and it, it hasn't, it's not like the, the rest of the television shows have been this level of bad all year. They just got carried away with the backstage stuff. I, I don't know what they, they, if they think they're onto something with some of this back, you know, like, well, it's working for the Hardys. What if we do it with Maria and Allie and Bennett and Sutter? And I, no, pull back, please. Let the Hardy stuff stand out and don't make everything, I mean, it's just, like I said, so hokey that it just kills any... You can't suspend your disbelief watching this show when you see how horribly produced, just how low-budget those backstage segments are. Those The Bachelor Party, The Bachelor... It's all terrible, and it's mind-numbingly stupid. Uh, TNA is, is capable of more than this. We've seen them do better than this this year. We certainly saw them do better than this last year, and hopefully this is just kind of a uh, one bad episode. 
But I'm not done talking about TNA. As I mentioned, getting together with John Moore shortly here, Friday morning, to discuss the, uh, TNA, the entire TNA roster, the TNA roster evaluation. We'll have a lot to say about that. And you can also look for John Moore's TNA Impact Wrestling hit list a little bit later on today on the main page at ProWrestling.net. Again, if you're interested in joining us on the ad-free version of the site, visit the main page, click on the sign-up area, and uh, choose one of those three different pricing options. Finally today, please take a moment, subscribe to our daily podcast, rate and review us on iTunes. A big thanks to everybody who was helping spread the word in that way, or a simple retweet when I put the link out at ProWrestling.net is greatly appreciated too. I will talk to you again on the all-access side on Monday. So until then, have a great weekend, everybody.